Welcome back to the I Love Gold podcast, a very special You Never Mock the Belt edition. Uh, I am Tyler Brooke, joined by the now super famous Chris Burke. Chris, isn't that right? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, apparently somebody at the stadium, somebody, a fan got a hold of, well, I mean, you know the story behind it, or do you want me to explain it? <laughs> oh, you know, since it's you, I would love for you to explain it. All right. All right. So somebody at the fan, you know, we all know, we talked about it on our podcast after the last Bears game about Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears, right? Well, somebody either, I'm guessing this was a Photoshop job or somebody manipulated the Google research, Google search either way, tip of the cap to you. But uh, NBC, somebody on the NBC showed a fan on the sign that had a Google search that says, I think it said, who owns the Chicago Bears? And it shows a Google search result for Aaron Rodgers. And then at the very bottom, it shows people on Twitter who are verified, like I am, talking about Aaron Rodgers. And lo and behold, um, there's my name on that banner. <laughs> I get a notification during pregame when the banner first showed up the first time. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And then when it showed up, I think it was in the third quarter, all of a sudden I'm watching the game. I hear my phone, bing, 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 bong, bing. I had at one point, I think within just span of two minutes when that showed up on the <laughs> during the game, I had 17 texts and 25 Twitter notifications <laughs> in the span of about two minutes. Initially, I ran over to the phone thinking somebody in my family was in like medical distress. But I saw that I'm like, national TV, what the heck? And then I go into our Slack chat and lo and behold, Justice had a screen grab. And yeah, so that's my claim to fame is I'm part of a banner, you know. <laughs> What a great banner to be on, you know, just the Green Bay Packers owning the Bears. Um, let's just go into get into the game because, you know, despite it being a very interesting first half, um, ended up being a highly entertaining game. But like we mentioned to start the show, you absolute fools. How many times do we have to tell you this? Stop mocking the belt. You can't keep mocking the belt, man. I believe this is Robert Quinn's third time doing so twice this year and then once when he was on the Miami Dolphins. Correct. Uh, my uh, the Packers, I think, were either ahead or trailing three nothing in that game in 2018. They won the game, 31 to 12. Um, you know, and the 2018 season was forgettable for many reasons. But uh, I mean, dude, how many third time clearly wasn't the charm for him? Stop mocking the belt. Um, <laughs> I it's you know you're playing with fire at that point, and uh, I couldn't believe when I saw that because you know you you guys were making fun of me in the chat that I'm like at that point it's like oh you know. My vibes, you know, the vibes are questionable, not feeling so hot because of the way Chicago came out. Then after I saw that, I'm kind of like, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe this is going to be okay. And lo and behold, it, it worked again. I would love to see before and after numbers from in-game of when someone mocks the belt and how Aaron Rodgers performs. Because I swear there is some Michael You know, everyone talks about the last dance. There is that Michael Jordan to him where if someone slights him personally in any way, I do feel like mm -hmm. he does take that personally and he does reach there another level. There is actually somebody, it wasn't, it wasn't for APC, but Dusty Everly for uh, Game on Wisconsin earlier this year wrote an article on that, um, you know, how analyzing how the Packers played after the belt was mocked in games. It's actually quite a fascinating read, and more often than not, it ends um, in an understatement, it ends poorly. Man, um, I just, I don't know why people keep doing it. You, you think everyone would learn by now. I feel like coaches at some point, I'm like, listen, you can't mock the belt if you get the sack. I know it's awesome. I know it's exciting. They're going to use that against you forever. Yeah, football coaches and players are probably, I mean, football coaches at least, players definitely maybe not, but 
coaches are superstitious. Like, dude, stop, stop poking the bear. Um, I mean, now that even, even the Packers players are getting into it. Um, it was Lazard after the game yesterday showed, you know, to the media, the, I still own you shirt. And then um, they had the uh, Devonte Adams. And I think even Aaron Jones on Twitter today were like, dude, stop mocking the belt. Like they're just like, why would anybody even do that now? So uh, <laughs> yeah, do so at your own risk, but it usually is going to end. Uh, in fact, it always does end poorly. I actually did wear my Acme Packing Company. I still own you shirt today. I just felt very fitting. Uh, I probably should have sent this to some Bears fans I work with, but, you know, I just sent them a message like, hey, did anyone catch that game last night? <laughs> um, I really just wanted to start off on the high note with the muck and the belt. You know, obviously there are a ton of highs from this game, but we should probably, before we get into the offense and defense, I keep saying that I don't want to talk about it, and it just keeps getting spoken into existence, but the Packers might have the worst special teams I've ever seen, possibly in the history of the NFL. Uh, I'm probably missing a few things, but I wrote down all the special teams gaffes. Um, In the first half alone, they allowed 213 return yards, including a 95-yard punt return for a touchdown. Uh, Malik Taylor touched a kickoff that was going out of bounds, so instead of getting the ball at what was at the 40, uh, I believe he got it at the five-yard line. Amari Rogers muffed a punt return and got bailed out by a penalty. MVS muffed an onside kick. Uh, Mason Crosby kicked a ball out of bounds on a kickoff. And Corey Borges shanked a 22-yard punt. I, I, even if I am missing things, that alone, how is Mo Drayton still there? I mean, at this point, I think, you know, you're, you're so far into the season. You know, I think obviously that if there's any game that screams of firing, it's that. Um, Archon 14 had a Twitter thread today, and I think they ended up with a negative 0.13 expected points added. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's got to be historically bad. I don't know what the context was on that, but it's got to be, um, that's got to be some kind of a record because, uh, I mean, the EPA on that was terrible. It, you know, that's that the EPA is so bad on that. I'm surprised they didn't send Walter Peck to come in and shut down the Packers containment grid, you know, to take a Ghostbusters reference. Um, I, that was, I mean, that was terrible. You know, that's that's going to cost them a game. You know, we if they were, you know, the Packers were scoring points at will, you know, we'd be having more fun. Probably would be taking this a little more seriously, not laughing about it with the humor that we are. But that could cost them a game in the playoffs if they don't fix something and fast. How incredible is it, despite all those just miscues, that the kicking game was pretty clean. That whole operation looked great for once. And yet here we are still talking about special teams. Uh, it's getting so bad that LaFleur said in his press conference on Monday, uh, just that they're like considering putting key offensive and defensive players out on special teams because something needs to change. Yeah, the talk I think was like Rasul Douglas is a possibility. Um I know he muffed the onside kick yesterday, but I, what do we think about MVS maybe as a returner? It's the speed, the speed aspect there is what I'm getting at. His hands have gotten a lot better, but you know, you, you got to do something because it's, you know, it's all hands on deck right now. And, you know, maybe they're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic at this point, but the, you know, they got to do something because that, that will come back to bite them in the playoffs. Man, it's, you got to hope maybe it was just a lot of these bench guys thinking they're going to coast to a win, not taking it that seriously. I think things get a little messier too when EQ and Malik Taylor get hurt. Just it's, it kind of becomes a whole jumbled mess. Um, who knows, man? At this point, neither of us are special teams experts. We can see what's going wrong, but we don't know how to fix it, right? You can just hope for the best. That's all you can do now. Pray. Just pray that the special teams is 
below average, like even at the best, as long as it's below average and not putrid, you know, there's nothing yeah. stopping them. Yeah. Did you see, did you see the snap count breakdown of the special teams at all? No. It's crazy. I think the, uh, I have to pull it back up because I wrote it up this morning. Um, top, there were a couple of players with, I mean, there were a ton of, there were like maybe 15, 20 players on that list. And I think there were quite a few that were in the twenties. Um, I was talking it over with John uh, Meerdink this morning when we were getting that all set to go up, you know, I felt like what they were trying to do at that point was finding a way to plug the hole, but it was like trying to plug, like trying to fix the hole in the Titanic to use that reference again, trying to patch that hole with duct tape, you know, that it's just not going to work <laughs> at that stage. So uh, it, there, it, they were trying something, but whatever they were trying, it did not work at all. I'm going to have to tweet more sad Ben Affleck memes, aren't I? I just think, I think we need to start a whole new thread about special teams. Well, it's like, I, like every time they scored yesterday, I just kept tweeting, oh, God, another oh, kickoff. No. Oh, oh no, God, kick another off. kickoff. <laughs> oh, God, yet another kickoff. Um, you know, and, you know, we the kicking operation was clean, but as far as, I mean, Mason Crosby's got to be able to get that ball out of the end zone. If he can't, uh, maybe Bohorquez needs to start kicking off. I don't, from, from what I can tell, he has no history of doing that, but he, I think he's got the more powerful leg and I think he can do it. Yeah. How hard are you going to be? Let him practice for like three days. Just kick it real hard. You know, you're, you're really good at kicking stuff. I feel like you can do it. Um, man, what a, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Can we, all right, we're going to move on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I have light never it on fire. light it on fire. Just light it on fire. No one's supposed to give a, give a shit about special teams, you know? Like, I don't want to keep talking about this. We've talked about it every week. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I mean, this it's is Mercury in Metrograde, like, is or Metro Station, as I like to say. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. On the bright side, the defense did make things absolutely miserable for Justin Fields. My favorite stat I found about the defense, uh, when targeting Rasul, Chandon, and Stokes, uh, Fields actually threw both more passes and more touchdowns to Packers players than Bears players. Just what a stat. Uh, that's I had, that's Cutler-esque, right? I mean, it. the secondary did a heck of a job. I'm still a believer in Justin Fields, though I think he's going to be a phenomenal player once he gets a competent um, head coach in there or a competent offensive coordinator, depending on who they hire. Because let's face it, Matt Nagy is toast. Um but yeah, unbelievable number on that. It just shows you how good that secondary is. And might I remind everybody, that's without Jair Alexander. Oh, man. Jair's coming back soon, too. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Rasul. Rasul, man. Just how back-to-back games with the pick six. Back-to-back games with two other missed potential pick sixes. Again, signed off a practice squad. I'm never going to get over saying that. Like, just an absolute home run signing by Goody. Uh, you know, everyone talks about Trayvon Diggs as this real boomer bust corner. Rasul is very much in that same vein, right? Like, there are times where he might get beat, uh, but he's limiting those mistakes, and he's coming away with a ton of game-changing plays. Yeah, if you've scored two touchdowns in two games, you know, that that actually overrides, you know, in terms of evaluation efficiency, that actually overrides a busted coverage here there as long as he's not getting nuked for like 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, so I, I mean, he's, he's constantly there in coverage. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say he's a number one cornerback probably, but he's been, he's been exactly what they needed him to be. I mean, he's made Kevin King irrelevant. I think he King only saw two snap, two defensive snaps yesterday, two or three. Um, that's kind of crazy. And King hasn't been, 
you know, as much as he's been a scapegoat sometimes, he hasn't been playing that bad either. So, you know, that's that's credit, pure credit to Rasul Douglas. And boy, talk about a find. How amazing is it that once Jair's back, they actually have a problem of who to play in the secondary because it's been playing so well. If you had told me that Jair Alexander was going to miss most of the year and the secondary was going to be the strongest it's been in, what, a decade? I would not have believed you. No, because you're going to have Alexander, you're going to have Stokes, you're going to have Douglas. Dime is base. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, it, uh, they're, they're going to have plenty of options there. And uh, I mean, between Joe Barry and Jerry Gray, who is a phenomenal secondary coach, um, they're, they're going to have plenty of options there to disguise coverages. So I can't wait to see what they cook up. I hope you know that every time you say dime is base, I get like uh, Vietnam flashbacks. Have you ever seen that picture of that dog? with the Vietnam War flashbacks in the background. I get that thinking of Mike Pettin. So please stop telling me that time is place. <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, if Kevin King's playing well enough, quarters can be base. Let's let's get real nuts. I'm, that's, that's even a bigger joke. Don't, please don't set the comments on fire. But um, the, they're going to have options though to disguise coverages, more corner blitzes. I mean, there's, they're, they're going to have plenty of, that's, that's going to diversify the playbook so much more. I mean, the secondary is playing out of its mind, but it definitely helps when you're getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think I saw a combined that Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Kenny Clark, I believe, had 25 combined pressures last night. Just an unbelievable performance. And Preston Smith, man, like a guy that people were ready to write off before the season. I just got his, I think he had two sacks. He has seven sacks on the season. Just what an incredible bounce back here he's having. Yeah, two sacks and a forced fumble. Um, and also, I think that first sack triggered in his contract a $500,000 payout for getting six sacks on the year. So nicely nicely done, sir. Uh, imagine what he's going to be like, though, with a healthy Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary. You're going to have a you're going to have a triplet in the, you know, in the outfield of the defense that you're going to have a, you know, tr- three headed monster at linebacker. I mean, all of a sudden, this is terrifying. I you love to see it. I'm getting, I'm having heavy breathing, you know, just thinking about a four man pass rush of Kenny Clark, Preston, Zadarius, and Rashawn Gary on third downs. Like, good luck. Just good luck with whoever you're playing. I mean, that's, that's a pass rush that can stop Tampa Bay. I know we're all scared of them, but that is a pass rush that could make Tom Brady crap as it depends. That definitely could, that definitely is, um, that's out there for the Packers. And I almost want to see it now. You know, it was there were a couple gripes on the defense. Like, obviously, you gave up a ton of points, and a lot of that is on the special teams. Uh, but at the at the same time, the Bears did have a pretty solid game plan in that first half. You know, utilizing Jakeem Grant and his speed, uh, Devondre Campbell in that first half did not look like a guy that was acclimated for the NFL. He was running really slowly. Obviously, I have to imagine that missing, you know, as much as he did uh, out with COVID, that that had a huge impact on his legs. So, you know. I will say credit to, I would assume, Bill Lazor. I'm not going to give that credit to Matt and Hagee. But, you know, credit to them for, you know, finding some guy with true speed to get around the edges because the Packers didn't have an answer for that for the entire first half. No, they didn't. Um, and, you know, the way Justin Fields can turn the corner, too, that's that's quite remarkable. And uh, they they there's, there's speed on that offense, but uh, their head coach is a dingbat and doesn't know what to do with it. So, um that's something that definitely I think that's going to have to be watched out for, you know, going forward. And thankfully the Packers made adjustments at the half uh, only allowed three points 
uh, six points, excuse me, in the second half. So uh, whatever they adjusted worked. I know Preston Smith gave a talk, you know, kind of pepped the, pepped the locker room up, you know, Charles Woodson style after the, uh, after the first half and it, and it worked. So, I mean, the locker room leadership's there. I just, the defense, when they need, you know, if they spring a leak, they don't, you know, the problem gets fixed immediately. It doesn't, it doesn't drag out or it's a slow drag to fix. It's like, okay, they, they're very quick to diagnose the issues and correct it. So uh, credit to Joe Barry and staff on that one, because they really got the job done yesterday after they were on their heels really for the first time that we've seen in quite a bit. How much would the Packers need to give up to trade for Jakeem Grant? I'm j- I'm just asking, just asking here, you know, they've sorely missed, they need a replacement for Amari Rogers and they needed a Tyler Irvin type guy. And I don't think you could get any better as far as value than Jakeem Grant. What, what would you be willing to trade up for that guy? Well, you're assuming Ryan Pace is stupid enough to trade somebody like that within his own division, but absolutely. 100%. I'm absolutely assuming that Ryan Pace is too stupid. (laughs) You'd probably would have to send. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, Maybe a fifth round pick and Kurt Benkert, you know, trying to tantalize him with a quarterback. I don't know. I saw a picture of Kurt Bankert today. Uh, if you go to his ESPN profile, did not realize he used to have super long hair. I literally sit, sat and stared at that picture, and I thought it was Scott Stapp from Creed. So do yourself a favor if you're listening to this. Just Google, find his ESPN profile. You will not be disappointed. Uh, maybe it will take you higher. I don't know. <laughs> well played. But he, uh, I, I, keep forgetting, you know, I, I keep forgetting Bankert's 26. I keep thinking he's like his second year in the league. He's been around a while, and this was the first time he actually suited up. So, um, you know, glad he got his moment. Uh, LaFleur said today that Rodgers was insistent that, hey, let's let Banker get his two, get his kneel down so he can get in, you know, first time being dressed. So I thought that was kind of a cool gesture. But, uh, yeah, boy, uh, the, the long hair Banker is something to behold. I, um, I can definitely vouch for that. It's pretty glorious. Well, since we're talking about Banker, let's talk about the offense. It, it's really weird, you know, when the Packers rely on their quick passing game, you know, things go really well. Who would have thought? Yeah, I mean, it's Matt LaFleur offense 101. It's just for some reason, and I'm guessing it's got to do with the quarterback, you know, that there's there's still this remnant of the old, I'll call it McCarthy slash Rogers offense that just won't die. And it's probably some stuff that Aaron, for whatever reason, wants to cling on to. Once they get away from that and they run a more pure version of this offense that the head coach wants to run, it works. I just wish they would go to that quicker, you know, it start them out of the gate faster, but uh Again, with the results like that, can we really complain? No. I mean, it's kind of a nitpick. But when they go quick, they go tempo, that offense hums. And I really think that's the way to go. It's just, you know, love the guy to death. But, man, Rodgers can be bullheaded sometimes. And you just – they really should just go with that, you know, for the full stretch of the game. You know, what's crazy is you just look at the box score, um, you know, even with those early, you know, yellow balls and things like that, still just a terrific game from the offense, 439 total yards, 45 points. And that's after scoring zero points in the first quarter, like what the hell? Um, and statistically for Rogers, 29 for 37, 340 yards, 341 yards, four touchdowns, uh, statistically. And I think performance based, I would be willing to say, I think this was his best game of the season you could maybe throw in the Vikings game to me. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's fair. And what's funny is he, he said after the game, his toe got worse. Wouldn't have known it. Um, obviously, something we'll have to monitor going forward, but definitely his most complete game. I mean, in rhythm, in tempo, 
taking what the offense gives him, not extending plays, looking for the home run. I just, when he plays within the structure of the offense, you know, I get how much the off schedule stuff has been part of his career. I understand that, but now with the way the game is, the way defenses are playing them, they're wise to that act. So they, you know, if, if Aaron could just realize, you know, like, Hey, I just need to fully, we just need to go fully with what man wants to do. Um, that's, you know, that, that I think that really would be to his benefit, but until the floor is on the floor's part, part of that, you know, we get the still trying to keep Aaron happy. You know, it's, he's the franchise player. You gotta, you gotta coddle him a little bit. That's just how franchise quarterbacks are. But uh, yeah, definitely. I would, I would agree with that. Those definitely his best game all year. I would say even over the Vikings game, just because it resulted in a win. And I mean, what a game from Devonte Adams as well. Right. I mean, both of his touchdowns were absolutely gorgeous routes. One on the double move that completely cooked a defender, led him running into the safety. And then the second one was on Jalen Johnson, this kid that all Bears fans were convinced was going to completely lock up Devontae the whole game. And to his credit, I will say this, he played pretty well when he was guarding Devontae. But that touchdown at the goal line, he was just absolutely torched. Uh, one of those beautiful rats you'll see, fake of the fade, inside on the slant. Uh I've watched that play a couple of times and I don't know if you've noticed this. It does seem like Rogers was prepared to throw the fade. I think it was one of those improv routes that Devonte ran. Yeah. And it, it almost looked like Rogers keyed in was stared him down the entire way, which, you know, if you're talking QB one-on-one, generally that's a no, no, but Rogers was looking his entire way, but it worked. I, you know, when you've got that kind of trust that you have in a receiver like Devonte Adams and you've got, you know, somebody who can diagnose that so quick with a brain like Aaron Rodgers. There's nothing wrong with an improv route. I don't even know if I would call that an option route. I think the improv route is probably the probably the correct name. But uh, you know, yeah, and then you know, even after today, Bears fans were still being salty over that. It's like, no, just stop. Tape the tape. Don't lie. Um, you know, as far as Adams' performance in general, I think you know, for him to go have two touchdowns, hundred and twenty some yards, that's actually and do it to do it quietly is actually quite impressive. I, I couldn't believe that Chris Collinsworth was talking about like at the beginning of the game. I don't know if you heard this. He was talking about like, I don't think Devontae's a hundred percent. I think he's, I think he's hurt. And I don't think they're, I think he's going to be used as a decoy decoil game. And I'm sitting there like, I mean, yeah, he's on the injury report, but like, he's kind of been that all year. He, he played fine. Yeah. If you're going to speculate that on TV um, broadcasting one-on-one, you got to make sure that's based in facts and not hypotheticals. I mean, then you just stumble over your words and you look like an idiot, but uh, definitely not a good game from Collinsworth or Al Michaels for that matter. Yeah, I think that was one of those where they just phoned it in. Kind of like the Packers in the first half, you know, just ask the Packers and Bears. I just phoned it in. This one's not going to be that serious. Um, Still, you know, yeah, I would say it wasn't their best game either. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to talk about on the offense? Just uh. You know, I we were, I was a little surprised, you know, again, with the snap count thing is Aaron Jones had three receptions in five. He only carried the ball five times. Uh, turned out today, uh, Matt LaFleur said he was a little beat up at the uh, second half of the game yesterday, and that's why his workload got reduced. But, uh, again, another another solid game out of A.J. Dillon as well, 15 carries, 71 yards. Calendar reads December. It's, uh, it's snowplow time. I love the idea of having two, you know, not even above average, two genuinely good running backs. Because if one does get dinged up, you do not have to rely on them. You can kind of keep them on a pitch count. Um, what a luxury. And, yeah, as long as A.J. Dillon's healthy for a playoff snow Lambo game, you know, can't w- cannot wait to see that. That's going to be a bloodbath, whoever mm-hmm. they're playing. 
Well, yeah, and it's just with, you know, the best thing about this too is Aaron Jones, you know, he just got that new deal in the off season. You know, the fact that he's so cool with this, sharing the load with A.J. Dillon just speaks volumes to uh, what a first-class teammate and guy Aaron Jones is. So uh, shout out to Showtime because uh, that's sometimes that's a little hard for some running backs to swallow. That locker room's filled with unselfish dudes, man. I mean, you look at Lazard cheering on his teammates when he's effectively just a blocking wide receiver. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit as well. Um, you know, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, uh, Devondre Campbell. You know, there's so many guys that are just proven veteran leaders on this team now that are leading by example, you know, getting the juices going at halftime, rooting on their teammates when they're getting theirs, you know, even if it's at the expense of, you know, their own. Uh, we've said it before, man, this locker room's different. There's, there's something about it, you know, with all these guys going down and still playing at such a high level. Uh, but with that, let's take a quick little break. Uh, we'll come back with our usual recurring segments. All right, we're back. It is gold zone update time. And Chris, we, we finally have good gold zone update news. Like we were sitting there during the game, one of the goal line trips, like, can they please score this? So Chris and I can be happy for once during this. Yeah. It's like, we need content. Damn it. <laughs> we need good content. Cause I mean, we were serious. I mean, I'm not kidding. We've actually, we're toying around. Like, are we going to have to rebrand the podcast, you know, for 2022? You know, if they can keep that up through through the playoffs and the rest of the season, you know, heck, I maybe we'll keep it. But yeah, fantastic red zone performance. Um, defense got to stop, but um, yeah, you've got the numbers. I do have a potential fallback name if it goes poorly. And I just want to hear your thoughts. I came up with it this morning. Complicated right. fellas. Oh man, that, that's but then you're also presuming number twelve is back next year, which yes, you know that's 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 another that's another debate for another time. But I think he's back. But um, I, um, you know, that's that I fair play, sir. And if anybody who knows me, I think that they would say that fits me to a T. <clears throat> pay pay Rogers, pay Devonte, pay Jair. Figure it out. I don't. The, the cap is a myth. It, it doesn't exist. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers brought back every single player on their Super Bowl team. It can happen. Damn it. But anyway, so as far as the happy gold zone updates, uh, three for four in the red zone, uh, field goal on the other drive. Um, do have one little, little beef. Why the hell do you call a timeout just to kick a field goal instead of taking a five-yard delay of game penalty on what would have been like, what, a 27-yard field goal? Yeah, I mean, it's still – I mean, as we've seen, though, no field goal attempt is truly safe with the Green Bay Packers this year, but uh... – yeah, I, I don't understand that either. I mean, if you're going to take that time out, go for it. Um, you know, they were they were marching down the field. They were in good shape. Um, looked like there was some debate between Rodgers and Lafleur there. You know, all, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And I like they both hemmed and hawed on it and decided to take the points. I mean, no harm, no foul at the end. But, yeah, I, would, I think I would have loved to see them go for it there personally or take the just take the delay game and save the timeout. I, I do. I, I've tried to find some spin zone to make the red zone stats seem really good. Uh, over the last three games, they are actually tied for ninth in red zone touchdown percentage. Let's clap it up. Top 10, baby. There you go. Turn it around. That's that. Yeah. It might be, you know, that might be too late to save the entire year, but the arrows pointing in the right direction, as we like to say. They, they're going to go hundred percent in the red zone in the playoffs. I feel it. Got to preserve the namesake. Uh, in oh. other, in other red zone news, the bears did go over one. So again, just another red zone stop by the defense. We talked about it maybe a few weeks ago that like, is it regression to the mean? Is it just better communication on defense? It's gotta be more of the latter at this point. They're really hankering down. It comes inside the 20 love to see it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that much, much better um, throughout the course of the year. And then it was on display against Chicago, but you go all for one of the red zone, you still allow 30 points. I mean, that special teams is part of that, you know, seven points. So that was obviously a, uh, we're not even going to talk about that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a punt return, but uh, still, still a little concerning on some of the explosive plays part of it in terms of the defense. But yeah, in terms of, you know, within the 20 um, in the, in the gold zone. Uh, yeah. Much better performance. I do want to talk about how great were some of those, like that sad field goal in the fourth quarter. Um, just they did end up getting the ball back on the onside kick, which that, that was a whole other thing, but uh, Nagy made some incredible decisions last night. You know, not only the sad field, sad field goals are always my favorite when you just admit defeat to that degree and kick it always makes me laugh, but also the, it's the fourth quarter you're down. I can't even remember how much they were down. What 17, something like that, maybe 11 mm-hmm. uh, and choosing to punt at fourth and inches from your own, like 45 yard line. He, I, I, I wish he would stay, man. I hope that I know they're going to fire him. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't see the surrender index on that punt, but I'm guessing it was pretty darn high. Um, that's got it. That, that is a cowardly punt there, Matt Nagy cowardly. Pretty, pretty, pretty high. Yeah, that's that. The, <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes I do feel bad for Bears fans because, you know, we, yeah, we talk a lot of trash at the end of the day. You know, we talk trash before the game, but at the end of the day, you know, once it's over, there is a lot of respect between the two fan bases. You know, it's maybe it's a begrudging respect, but, you know, I've I've been to a few Packers Bears games where it's like, you know, after the game's over, it's like, come on, I'll buy you a beer, you know, and then we just kind of talk life and all that. It's kind of a, definitely a unique experience. And sometimes it's like, man, I wish I thought Maggie was going to be it for them. And boy, he's turned out to be a dud. So many of my close friends up in Chicago are all bears fans. I love it's my favorite week. And then afterwards, you know, like I talked to one of my buddies today, like, yeah, man, it really stinks. I try because after every game I'm trying, like, oh, you know, there's some bright spots. And this one, I was like, Shaquem Grant, uh, Justin Fields is pretty fun. And I think that was all I had. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, and the, the rivalry is actually more fun when both teams are good. Because um, then you go back to 2010, that NFC Championship game. I mean, that, that maybe I wouldn't be feeling that way if the Packers didn't win. But, you know, that, it, that was definitely a fun time. And, you know, I'm still friends with the Bears fans that, you know, after that game. So um, it's, it, is, it is a great rivalry, though, since this is the second last, you know, this is the last time they're going to see them this year. Um, just wanted to, you know, get, get some thoughts on the rivalry. Well, you know, I tried to provide the Bears fans with some positive takeaways, but let's go ahead to a panning for gold and our positive takeaways. Uh, I'm going to go with Alan Lazard, man. You know, with Randall Cobb out, someone needed to step up at wide receiver. Everyone's talking about it might be EQ, but, you know, Lazard really stepped up in that role. Um, He finished the game with six catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Continues to be an effective blocker. You know, made some impressive catches as well. Um, His touchdown did come on fourth down as well. I mean, after such a bad game catching the ball against Los Angeles, he needed that bounce back game. And he was a great example of someone to step up at wide receiver. Yeah. Well, I'm mean, talking about a selfless player, right? Uh, great, great blocking wide receiver, but you know, we all thought, you know, I, I think the common thought was equanimity St. Brown was going to kind of be the natural filling candidate for Cobb. He ended up leaving the game with a concussion, but Lazard played the role well, and you can see why Rogers still likes him. Um, dependable, reliable. He's where he needs to be. He's got sure hands, uh, fantastic blocker as well. Just, uh, 
I hate to use the cliche scrunch, um, scrappy lunch pail guy, but that's really kind of who he is. Uh, he's very, very blue collar, does all the little things right. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful player, and uh, glad they've got him. Oh, you're about to say a scrunchy player right there, and I was like, all right, that's a new one. I've not heard that one before. Uh, who's your positive takeaway this week? So I was going to go with Preston Smith, but I think that was you know kind of a we talked about him earlier. So I'm going to call an audible here, and I got to go with Kenny Clark. Uh, for whatever reason, Pro Football Focus hates Kenny Clark. Uh, his grade was way too low. Again, just destroyer of worlds. I mean, we've we've talked about all this with him before. But my this the, my choice for that positive is more out of spite of how PFF graded him. Um, <laughs> just just Mister Mister Reliable on that defensive line. I mean, the guy is just a. What else can we say about him? I don't think I'm going to get the exact number right, but on the SNF broadcast last night, it was like you know they always give the PFF grades at the bottom, like rank out of their position. And Kenny Clark was like 26th on defensive linemen. I'm like, I don't know who, what 25 defensive linemen you can name that are better than Kenny Clark, but there's maybe it, you know, if most conservatively 10. Yeah, I mean that's. You know, we uh, forgot forgot when when we cracked the joke, uh, but we used to call it Pro Football Focus, and it was F A U X C U S as in foe. Um, that just, I mean, that just show that just shows you know one of the flaws in their grading system. I is he that much different playing style of a defensive lineman that that it's you know their grading scale isn't picking up on that? I don't think so. So I I can't figure it out. But this is this is more of a spite uh, positive for me because Kenny Clark is just is a god among men. I will play devil's advocate because I do genuinely love a lot of the data I can get off pro football focus. Like, you know, what, what is a, I I do, I do too. It's just, I just, the grading system sometimes. Yes. It's got, it does have some flaws. Oh, hundred percent. No process is perfect in football evaluation. And I think that's why we all love football. It's an imperfect science when learning the game. Uh, We're always learning something new. Very much enjoy that aspect of football. Uh, Let's get into the news nuggets because we do have a couple important ones. Um, Obviously, everyone's very concerned about the status of Billy Turner, who went down uh, in Sunday night's game, was very clearly frustrated walking off the sideline through his helmet. Um, you know, LaFleur did say he's hopeful that Billy Turner's injury isn't season ending. He says hopeful about a lot of in- injuries, but it does seem, I think Justice talked about this on the podcast feed yesterday, but whenever it is a season ending injury, he always says something like, you know, my heart goes out for them or like, you know, we're going to miss that guy. It's always something really depressing and dark. So he did not say that about Billy Turner. It sounds like he may be okay. Uh, that, that would be obviously a huge bullet dodge. And I, I, I like how Matt LaFleur has kind of got his buzzwords now. Cause I think with McCarthy, it was uh, a significant, I think he just used the word significant. And every time I hear that now, I just assume oh, that's a, that's an IR injury. That's, that's all she wrote. But uh, you know, to, to lose Billy Turner though, they are now without four of their five preferred starters And I'm not even sure Royce Newman was a preferred starter going into the year, (laughs) but uh, Dennis Kelly, though, I mean, aside from a holding penalty and they're held it, held it out pretty well. So, I mean, shout out again to Adam Stenovich, but uh, yeah, I mean, this, how long can this go on? Yeah. I thought Kelly did play quite well. His pass sets were impressive. He got out of his, uh, his stance pretty quickly, which I was impressed with. Um, I always love watching these backup offensive line when they come in just to see how they can hold up. Thought he held it pretty well. And, uh, you know, Royce Newman, we bag on him all the time. Uh, he did, and the coach gave him credit for it. He did have his best game of the season. And as Matub in our Acme Packet Company Slack said, you know, well, I wasn't screaming his name at the TV, so that was probably his best game. 
Yeah, if we're not seeing gifts on Twitter of, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, Newman, you know, then I think he's having a good game. So, uh, yeah, that I hopefully, hopefully that's a positive building block because now he's suddenly the, uh, he's the consistent piece on the line, which that's, that's kind of got me sweating a little bit. Yeah, I, I do not blame you. Um, again, Stenovich is going to get a, a promotion. I don't know if it's internally or if it's externally, but, you know, what a freaking year he's having. He's coaching up all these backups. Um, it does help having a genius like Aaron Rodgers calling out protection so everyone's in the right place. Um, but, man, it's been great. Speaking of Rodgers, uh, he may have suffered a setback with his toe injury. He did mention that in the postgame press conference. Uh, or waiting. We don't have much more news outside of that. Uh, sounds like something he'll keep trying to play through. Uh, they're probably going to keep resting him in practice. It, it doesn't feel great. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, it's, I don't, I'm not to compare injuries, but I would say, is this, you know, similar to his calf injury back in 2014? I think I'd rather play through a toe than a calf as a quarterback. And, you know, and he played pretty well in that both seasons. So not going to talk about how it ended, obviously, but uh, that, you know, that, he played fine. I mean, like I said, if he had a setback, I mean, he was, he was on point yesterday. So I don't want to say I'm overly concerned about it until Aaron starts to says he is. Hear me out. Bionic toe, cut the toe off, <laughs> give him a fake toe. I don't know. Spitball in here. I don't want to keep hearing about his broken toe. Just chop it off. Let's do a little uh, Ronnie lot action. That's uh wow. <laughs> yeah. A little Mag- a MacGyvered foot that really, I think would play. That really would play well, um, you know. And like I, if I, if I saw, I think it was was a good morning. It was on ESPN this morning. I think it was Rex Ryan. I'm no toe expert, uh, <laughs> and everybody got everybody got up and left the table. And I'm like, hey, you know, if I were sitting there, even as a, even if I were, you know, if I were sitting at that table, that's the same reaction I have because Rex looked around like, what, what? And everybody's looking. I'm like, dude, come on. It was it was a great. I, um, I forgot who shared it on Twitter, but it's it's a good clip. Uh. Rex Ryan, just I, I actually do genuinely love him as an analyst. He's very self-aware, and I, I think that's the key to being an entertaining analyst in sports. Don't take yourself too seriously either. Um, always enjoy that. So we'll see what happens with Rodgers. Imagine it's going to be another week without practice. Uh, I am wondering if they have surgery. Uh, I feel like there's a timeline where you could have had surgery and you know miss a, a potentially winnable game, but the problem is that one seed, man. And maybe things change if the Cardinals lose on Monday night. Uh, we will find that out by the time this is out, so I could be made foolish. But you know, go Rams, <laughs> go Rams. We'll just say that. Um, yeah, Jeff, they're in for a challenge tonight too. Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby both on the COVID list this afternoon. So uh, the, uh, the the order got taller for the Rams. Yeah, not great. Um, only other in- news that we have. Uh, it does sound like Jair is going to at least participate in individual drills. Continues to progress towards getting back out there. Um, Again, no rush there. And then Bakhtiari is also hopeful to practice. So, again, there's progress on all fronts. Still waiting to hear some news about Zadarius as well. Yeah, Zadarius Smith is kind of, you know, he posted that. I don't know what it is with this team with cryptic Instagram posts, but he's got that picture of him with Jair in the photo. That's about that time. So, you know, the clock's ticking. And, man, how great would it be to get these guys back for the playoffs? I just hope they're not rusty. But, man, that would that would be huge to get them. That's the one – if you're trying to find a silver lining of having 17 games this year in an 18 week season, you know, they still have four more games left. So potentially you can get some of these guys back with two games left, shake off the rust in those games before the playoffs. That would be the ideal state. And honestly, you know, Jair and Bakhtiar getting back are vital, but Darius feels like one of those. That's just like a, 
little a little icing on the cake, you know. I mean, that would that would be perfect. I mean, especially now with Billy Turner being out, I mean, getting Bakhtiari back would oh, that would be that would be huge. Um, you know, that 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 allows them to kind of shuffle some more pieces on the offensive line and maybe make it a little more ideal. Not saying I don't trust Dennis Kelly, but he's definitely an unknown. Well, actually, I had some gold rush things, but you know, we actually ended up talking about all of them. You know, Bankert getting his first NFL snaps. You know, kudos to him. Preston Smith getting a 500k bonus for his sixth sack of the year. Uh, I believe there's another escalator at eight or nine sacks. So, you know, go Preston, get that money. And then lastly, Devonte Adams tweeting when has mocking the bell ever worked out? Well, he really gets us, man. He gets our brand. Yeah. I just don't anybody listening out there. That's that. I, if I, somebody is out there listening, that plays for another NFL team, please, you know, the fan of me says, please do it, but don't do it. Um, you're, you're playing with explosives at that point. Just, you know, don't, don't be Jason Pierre Paul in that case. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's going to do it, Chris, unless you have anything else. No, that's really, I mean, a great win. You know, the Bears are done for another year. This is going to be the last time the Packers are going to presumably see Matt Nagy unless uh, somebody in the Chicago front office has, unless Nagy's got pictures of somebody in the, front office doing something incriminating, but uh, yeah, should be interesting. Um, really liked to see, really liked what I saw out of Justin Fields though. I think he's going to be a good player. They just, they got to pair him with the right coach. So this next hire is going to be big. It feels so weird rooting for a player on the bears, but like, I have to say, like, I like watching fields play, man. I hope he succeeds for 14 games out of the year or sorry. Oh my gosh. 15 games out of the year. This schedule will not stop messing me up. I, how long do you think it's going to take before we get used to the 17 games? probably about probably about five years when they add an 18th i mean let's just be honest it's gonna happen <laughs> oh no uh, i didn't even because that because there, there was talk i swear out there before about every team there was gonna be every team was gonna have to play one international game a year and i'm like well if that's gonna be the 17th game i don't know how that's gonna work so that might have to be an 18th and boy i hope the nfl doesn't do that because especially with covid and everything because i i don't know when this is all gonna end but that would be pretty dumb but the nfl does not always do the smart thing if we can eventually get completely over COVID, which who knows when that'll be, I would love the idea of more international games. You got to give them extra bye weeks though. Cause that's, it's insanity to have a team go overseas and just acclimate and come back and play. That whole thing's a mess, but that's neither here or there. Um, thanks for listening. As always, be sure to leave a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and from Chris and myself, I love gold.